Good morning. Boy, you look sweet. Wasn't that great worship? Hallelujah. I think one of the easiest traps, folks, that we fall into in living in this great country, and especially in western Pennsylvania, is taking the blessings of God at times for granted. We're so blessed here in so many ways, and yet there are times in life when you and I, we just assume that we have the right to it. We act like we have the right to beautiful homes and safe schools and and the beautiful scenery that God blesses us with here. We naturally assume at times that it's our divine right to have good health, security, safety, freedom, and all of those things that are blessings in our life. We often forget that most of the world is barely struggling to survive. Let me try to put that maybe a little bit into perspective. If you have food in your refrigerator and electricity to run that refrigerator, if you have clothes on your back, and a roof over your head, a place to sleep, then in reality you are more blessed than 75% of the population in this world. You're in the top 25. If you have some money in the bank, maybe a few dollars in your wallet or purse, if you have a, maybe a plate or a jar around your house with some loose change in it, In reality, you're more blessed than 92% of the population in this world. You're in the top 8% of the wealthy. If you can attend a worship service like we're here today attending, without the fear of harassment, without the fear of arrest or torture or even death, then you and I are more blessed than over 3 billion people in this world. We're able to come here today and enjoy the blessings of God openly and freely, and yet over 3 billion people in this world, it's illegal for them to gather like we're gathered here. The Bible says that everything we have Everything in your life is a precious gift from God. You wouldn't have it if it weren't for the grace of God. In fact, without God, you and I, we would have nothing. I want to use this scripture as a springboard. Um, There's a place on the back of your worship folder for notes. Some of you are note takers. John 1.16. We're going to take a scriptural journey this morning, but I want to use this as a springboard. And if you're taking notes, again, it's John 1.16. It says, we have all benefited from the rich blessings he brought to us. One gracious blessing after another. Everything you have in life is a blessing from God. We think that we've earned it. We think that we deserve it. 
that. But God says no. It's all because of God's grace that we have what we have because of God. I've had people say to me in my ministry over the years, but I worked so hard for it. And I've looked them in the eye and reminded them that it was God that gave you the ability. It was God that gave you the knowledge to do what you've been able to do, the intelligence to earn what you have. It's God that gives our health. And it's God in reality that gives us the life, the breath that we draw into our lungs. It's all a gift of God. It's all from him. Robert Louis Stevenson said this, There is nothing in the universe but God's grace. The Bible is very clear that God blesses certain things. I call these the keys to obtaining the blessings that God wants his people to have. And if you want God's blessing, there are four keys that I want to talk to you about for just a moment this morning. Things that that we must do if we truly want the blessing of God in our life. Number one, if you're outlining, you need to receive God's blessing through Christ. Through Christ. Everything God does for you and to you, and through you and in you and by you, he does because of his Son. Jesus Christ, not because you're a good boy or a good girl, because of Jesus. He does it because of his son. Now, if you want God's blessing in your life, then then you need to learn to love Jesus, his son. Because it's all tied up in a relationship to Christ. If you truly want God's blessing on your life, it doesn't start with a principle, folks. It starts with a person. Ephesians 1, verse 3. How we praise God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms Because we belong to Christ. The only way you can get God's blessing on your life is through relationship. And that relationship must be through his son, Jesus Christ. Through Christ. Through Christ, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And God's already taken the first step. John 3, 17, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. John 3, 17. You must come to him and be saved. You must come to him and be born again. I liken it to picking up the telephone and making a long-distance call to God and saying, God, I need to be in relationship with you. 
I need to know you better. And that's done through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And when you do that, when you truly come to him to be saved, then his blessing begins in your life. Now that that's settled, and I, I know that I'm preaching to the choir this morning. Most of you have settled that first key. Maybe some of you have not. It's time, though, after settling that, to move on to the second key. And the second key in obtaining God's blessing after we invite him to be Lord of our life is to celebrate God's blessing in worship. I don't know how how you perceive our worship experience, but Sue and I have had the privilege in our ministry, at least over the last 20 years, to preach at many, many different churches. And I can truly say over the last year and a half that we've been part of One Life, this worship team amazes me. They do a wonderful job of prompting us to worship God. We need to celebrate God's blessing in worship. And what do I mean by that? We need to be willing to thank God for what he's already done in our life. God loves to bless people who take the time to thank him for what he's already done in their life. And when you do that, that's called worship. That's called worship. God loves it when we thank him for the blessing that he's already bestowed on us. And when we thank him, guess what happens? He blesses us more. He gives us more blessing in life because he loves to bless his worshipers. In my ministry, I've I've kind of been frustrated when they call what's taken place up to the sermon pre-service. It's not pre-service, folks. It's a worship experience that's so necessary to prepare our hearts for what's to follow because God deserves worship. From his people. Worship is far more than just a church service. It's far more than just music that we sing. I want to suggest to you this morning that worship is a lifestyle. It's living in an attitude of gratitude. It's continuously thanking God for everything that you have in life. That's worship. You can worship all day. You can swing your legs out of the bed in the morning and thank God that you were able to swing your legs out of your bed in the morning. You thank him for that day. You may want to thank him in advance for the experience and opportunities he's going to provide for you to to bless other people. Everything that you have is a gift from God. It's living in perpetual thanksgiving. That's called worship. 
Romans 5.11 says, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God. All because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us friends with God. Romans 5.11, I like the way the message renders this. Now that we have actually received this amazing friendship with God, we're no longer content to simply say it in plodding prose. We sing and we shout our praise to God through Jesus, the Messiah. It says Jesus Christ died for our sins. He paid for the blessing that you and I enjoy in life. Everything we have, that blessing is because of Jesus. Grace is free, but it costs dearly. It's not cheap. It costs Jesus his life. Jesus said, I never, ever want you to forget that. Because the blessings you have, I paid for with my life. He never wants us to forget that everything in life that we have is because of his life that was sacrificed for our sin. Chuck Colson, and some of you over the hill gang like me remember that name. Back in... Oh, probably three decades ago now. He got caught up in what was called the Watergate scandal. He was sent to prison. It was while Chuck Colson was in prison that he began one of the largest worldwide prison ministries called Prison Fellowship. He was saved. He was born again during his incarceration. And he came out with a fervency as he did in the prison he was at to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with inmates. Chuck Colson writes this story. Near the city of San Jose in Brazil is a remarkable prison facility. Twenty years ago, the Brazilian government gave up on this prison And so they turned it over to two Christians who renamed it. The prison decided to build this this facility based totally on Christian principle. With only two full-time employees, all the work is done by the inmates. Chuck Colson visited this prison in Brazil, and he said this, and I quote, I found the inmates smiling, particularly the murderer that held the keys to the prison door that he unlocked from the inside and opened for me to come in. Wherever I went in that prison, I saw men at peace. I saw clean living areas. I saw people cheerfully working together. This is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The walls were decorated with Bible verses. Then my guide escorted me down a long hallway to a notorious prison cell that had once been used for torture. 
He told me that it now houses only one inmate. As we talked and we walked down this long hall, he took his key out and he put it in the huge metal door, the lock. And then he turned to me and he paused and he asked, Chuck, are you sure you want to go in? I said, of course. I've been in isolation cells all over the world, and slowly he swung open that massive door, and I saw the solitary prisoner in that cell. It was a wooden statue carved by the inmates of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross. My guide, through tears, said softly to me, he's doing time for the rest of us. Think about that for a moment. Jesus Christ took your place on the cross. He's doing time for you so that you don't have to do time in hell. He's doing time for you so that you can enjoy the blessing of eternal life. And once you're set free from a prison, once you're Debt has been paid. And the door is open. Do you stay in the prison? Yeah, I don't think so. You walk out into the light. I'm saying to you today, whatever has held you imprisoned, folks, through Jesus Christ, you can walk out of that prison. And you can walk into the light. Some of you have been imprisoned by guilt. I struggled with this for the first few years of of my Christian walk. You have a tendency to think back on who you used to be. And maybe even some of the things that you used to do. And you're imprisoned by that. Some of you have been imprisoned by resentment, what other people have done to you. And you're locked up in a prison called resentment and hatred and bitterness and anger. Some are locked in the prison of loneliness, worry, anxiety, fear. The list just goes on and on. And some are locked in the imprisonment of addiction. And as hard as you try to stop, you can't. You're still imprisoned. I want to tell you today with all of my heart, this power, the power of Jesus Christ, is there to help you walk out of the prison and to be free. And to step into the light of Jesus Christ. You receive him through Christ. And then you celebrate that salvation through worship. Just like we've done today. And then you're ready for this third key. The third key is to expect God's blessing by faith. By faith. See, you receive Christ into your heart of hearts, then you 
celebrate that through worship for what he's done in your past, that salvation experience, and then you begin your journey in the Word. And you begin to grow as a Christian. And you expect by faith that he will do for you what he has done in the past. He will bless you. God blesses people who trust him. God blesses people who believe in him, who expect him to bless them by faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, What is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Hebrews 11.1 See, it's only faith that guarantees to you and I the blessing of God upon our lives. God blesses you when you trust him. He loves it when his people thank him and expect him to bless their lives. It's a compliment to God. You may come to the point in your life when you say, God, I'm in way over my head. I feel like I'm going down for the last time. But, but then you say, God, I remember. I remember what you did for me when I felt like this before. And I'm going to trust and I'm going to believe that you can do for me now what you did for me then. And that's the faith that God expects his people, his children to have. And God says, that's my child just like I want him, or just like I want her. That's my child, and they're doing exactly what I want them to do. They're expecting me to bless them. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9.8, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That problem that's keeping you in prison, keeping you awake at night, maybe even gnawing at the pit of your stomach, God's asking you a question this morning. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? God blesses people who trust him. God expects people to trust him by faith on their Christian journey. There's one more key. If you want God's blessing in your life in a great, great way, number four, share God's blessing with others. Share God's blessing with others. First, you receive him in Christ. Then you worship him for what he's done for you in your salvation experience. Then you begin to grow, and by faith, you expect those blessings. And then you share those blessings, folks, with others. 
God doesn't want to just bless you. God wants to use you in a great, great way. God doesn't want to just bless you so you can go through the rest of your Christian life smiling and saying, oh boy, am I blessed. I feel good. No. He wants to bless you so you can bless others. So you can help other people on their journey. Let me give you a key principle this morning. The more you share with others, the more God will bless you. Let me say that again. The more you share with others, the more God will bless you. 2 Corinthians 9.8, let's go back to that. And God will generously provide all you need, then you will always have everything you need. Now listen, here it comes. And plenty left over to share with others. Do you see the cycle there? God blesses you so you can bless others. And the more you bless others, the more he blesses you so that you can bless others more. And it's a beautiful cycle. He could have, he could have done anything in the universe to win people to him through his son. But he chose you and he chose me. That's his method. Acts 20.35 says, And I have been a constant example of how you can help the poor by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. If you want God's blessing, then you need to start blessing others. It's a principle of the multiplication in the kingdom of God. Let me close with a couple very practical questions, some things that maybe you need to ask yourself. What am I good at? What am I good at that I can bless somebody else with? Not for money, not for monetary gain. Just do it to others to be a blessing in their life. What am I good at? What do I know? What do I have knowledge of that I could bless somebody with to help them on their journey? What do I know? What do I have that I could give to somebody? Or maybe even loan it to them for a season that you're not using that would bless them. And then we come to what I consider is one of the greatest blessings that we can ever give another person. Who do I know that needs to know Jesus Christ? That I could invite to church, that I could introduce to God through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. The greatest blessing that you could give anybody is to introduce them to Jesus. There's no other greater blessing that a believer can bless another person with 
than introducing them to Jesus Christ. Do you realize you could secure all of eternity for that person by blessing them with that? Is anybody going to be in heaven someday because of you? You receive it through Christ. You celebrate it through worship. You expect it by faith. And then you share it. You share it with other people. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up at this time. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. We thank you first of all for the simplicity of your word. And how it's very clear that you, God... You want to bless the life of the believer. There may be some here today, this morning, that are living outside of the blessing that you have for them, living outside of a relationship with you through your son, Jesus Christ. The altars, God, you know they're open always. Maybe there are those here that are carrying heavy burdens for loved ones, family members, friends, people they know who need the blessing of salvation. They're carrying a burden. This might be a great time to lift some of those to you, God. I pray these things comfortably. I know you love us. I know you want what's best for your church. And it's in his name that we agree. Amen.